This is Matt Woodley, editor of PreachingToday.com on Monday Morning Preacher. I'm here with our guest host, the always dynamic and insightful wonder kid of preaching, Kevin Miller. (laughs) And sidekick to the superhero of preaching, Matt Woodley. Our sister brand to PreachingToday.com, Church Law and Tax, is conducting a national church compensation survey, and they could use your help. By participating, you'll be publishing fair standards for pastors and church workers, and that'll give churches the opportunity to set fair standards for pay and benefits. They'll even give you a sweet reward for filling out the survey. So check it out at cltsurvey.com slash 2017. Well, I want to introduce another superhero, not of preaching, but of football, Peyton Manning, who in his 17 seasons as a pro football quarterback threw for over 71,000 yards and... Also, 539 touchdowns. He was also the MVP of the NFL for five years. Mm. As we say in Minnesota, that's not bad. (laughs) Here's one of those famous touchdown passes. Touchdown to Marius Thomas. Brett Favre and make room for the new king. Peyton Manning now has more touchdown passes than any other player in NFL history. But over his career, Peyton Manning also did something else, a little-known practice that was behind the scenes, and he probably excelled at this Maybe more than any other NFL player. You want to guess what that was? Uh, Dumping Gatorade on the coach? That's a good guess, but he actually never did that, (laughs) I don't think. So he actually excelled at getting feedback, Ah. at looking at his game, and he paid special attention to his interceptions, of which he had 239. So he would analyze that film backwards and forwards, get feedback on it, look at it. As one article from ESPN said, Manning was willing to put himself under the microscope. I think I see where today's uh, episode is going. Are we going to talk about uh, putting our own preaching under the microscope? Absolutely. The painful art of getting feedback. (laughs) Okay. So here's one of the things that every preacher needs on their top 10 list. Get feedback Figure out how to get it, figure out how to learn from it, grow from it, become a better preacher. You know, the Apostle Paul told Timothy, be diligent in this matter. Let people see that you are making progress. So, Kevin, why do you think it's so hard for us as preachers to get good, honest feedback? Whew, man. Well, let me count some reasons. Uh, For me, at least. uh, On Sundays, I'm still usually too fresh. The sermon's a little too emotional and raw for me uh, that I'm just not ready for the feedback right away. And then, uh, you know, beforehand, I'm kind of feverishly working, trying to get the sermon finished, and so just kind of finding the time. And then also, I sometimes wonder, like, who's the best person to give me feedback on this? You know, how do I get somebody that I trust, but who knows me, knows preaching, will take the time, will not say too much? All that. Uh, Totally. I can relate to all of that. And another thing, too, is that as preachers, we've delivered a sermonic baby. And we don't want people coming up and going, oh, that baby was kind of ugly. Or, (laughs) you know, that baby's nose is really big or whatever. I mean, it just it kind of hurts. And some of it is we're overly sensitive, but some of it is we really put ourselves out there and we're up there bearing our souls. And to be criticized can it can really hurt. 
So we're going to talk today about how to get good, honest, clean, helpful feedback that'll help us grow. And I have three tips. So tip number one is pre-sermon feedback beats post-sermon feedback. In other words, Start getting feedback before you preach your sermon. I love this point because when you get feedback after you preach, and I preach in a church with one service, it has limited value because I'm not going to preach that sermon again, maybe ever. But when I get the the feedback ahead of time, it really helps. I'll give you an example from this week. I was working on a uh, part of Matthew 5, Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus says, you've heard it said, but I say, and does that six times. And I was struggling to see, is this sermon really going to go more in the relationships direction, or is it going to go more in the inner integrity as the theme, unifying theme? And uh, I could see either one, and I kind of was spinning my wheels, so I finally asked for some feedback, pre-sermon feedback. I happened to have access that moment to my wife and our church secretary, and they both said, go with the inner integrity angle, and I did, and it saved me time, and I really like how the sermon's coming together. That's a great example. You know, I was preaching um, on the text where John the Baptist is in prison and he's discouraged, and I really I didn't want to offer, like, cheap, shallow advice to people who were in the grip of depression or discouragement. So hmm. I reached out to a few people that have been through some really hard things, and they said, hey, this is what I'm going to say. Here's basically a rough draft of my manuscript. What do you, what do you think? Does this resonate with you? Hmm. Does this sound shallow? Does this sound... Um, to really speak to your needs. And I, I got some really helpful pre-sermon mm. feedback. Great. And, and I decided I got to do this more often. Um, so tip number one, pre-sermon feedback. Tip number two is solicited feedback tops unsolicited feedback. <laughs> oh, yeah. As when good-hearted or maybe bad-hearted people come up and drop unhelpful little comments. Well, yeah, I remember the guy who came up to me and pulled a card from his shirt pocket and said, here's what I was thinking about during your message today and hands it to me. And I was really flattered. I was like, wow, he was so engaged and paying attention. And then as I read the card, I was like, well, actually, no, he's more suggesting the way I could have outlined it and what I should have said. And then every week for a couple months, he gave me a card just like it that was the better way you could have preached this text. Yeah, and when I was pastoring out on the East Coast for nine years, I was just shocked as a Minnesota boy to get this level of intense, immediate feedback and sometimes even anger about a point I had made in the sermon. And uh, that just really blew me away. And I started to have to set some boundaries and to say, these people are going to have more access to giving me feedback than these people. And you got to wait 24 hours before you actually give me feedback. So if it's really important, after that, write me an email. So I started to put some structure around that unsolicited feedback. Yeah. Um, You know, still, it's hard, though, Kevin. How do you go about soliciting the feedback from people that are going to be helpful and constructive? I tried intentionally to do that about eight, ten years ago. I created a short little form that was like about the size of a three-by-five card and had a few, two or three questions about the sermon. And I, before the service, I would try to find two people who would agree to fill that out for me during the sermon and then give it to me afterward. And I told them over and over, please be honest, whoever I chose. But I found that people in the congregation just would not offer constructive criticism because I think they felt it was too awkward. They, they wanted to affirm me as their pastor, but they didn't want to tell me 
how I could grow. And so even when I tried to solicit, they felt awkward. You know, here's some maybe some advice on that. The, first of all, for the hurtful unsolicited feedback, Bill Hybels even said, you know, we know he's got the, the skin of a rhinoceros. You know, he even said, I just I just don't go to people who are going to be always negative because right. they're just going to hit me like with an axe. So he said, I just I don't go to them. So we can set some limits on that. But then also with this kind of nicey nice unwillingness to engage, maybe we just need to press into that a little bit and just say, well, tell me why you think it was a good sermon. And then tell me one thing I could have worked on specifically that would have made it more effective for you. You know, So kind of ask that next, next level of questions. Okay. What's your uh, third tip today? So tip number three is trained feedback is better than untrained feedback. You know what I'm talking about here? Well, yeah. And in fact, uh, when I was not able to get from people in the pew the kind of feedback that I wanted, um, I started getting it from people in the church who actually have done preaching, either other pastors on the staff or people who've been to seminary or have taught adult Bible class or whatever. And boy, that was so much more helpful because, one, they know what it's like to want constructive feedback. They know what it's like to get good feedback. And they were so helpful. I mean, they would go right to the issue in my sermon that needed to be cleaned up. And you know, the whole thing that we're looking at here is how do we grow as a preacher? We want to grow. And so all of this feedback is designed to help us grow. And I can think of a specific example in my preaching over the last few years. Um, I developed what I would call a one-pitch approach to preaching. You know, I think sometimes preaching has to be—it has to come with a challenge. It has to sometimes rebuke. It has to warn. Um, and it's always about the gospel. It's always about the good news of Jesus. But how we get there is sometimes we need different approaches. My approach seemed to be always just geared towards grace and towards comfort and not towards exposing sin. And so some friends over the years said, you know, you really just got one pitch. It's just the same pitch over and over again. And so I had to grow and diversify my preaching and to do what the Apostle Paul said, preach the whole counsel of God. It's a great example. I've had people give me feedback. I, I, I tried one Sunday kind of a survey to open my sermon. How many of you here today would say, this is true of you? Raise your hand. And how many over here would say, this is true of you? Raise your hand. And I could tell people were super engaged, and they were raising their hand. They were looking at me, and I was like, boy, that worked great. So then I tried it again a few weeks later, and then I tried it again a few weeks later. And finally, a couple people were like, hey, surveys work, but not as often as you're using them. How about a little more variety? So that was good feedback. I mean, another thing that people have told me is slow down. Down in your transitions. You know where you're going, but we don't. So uh, like Andy Stanley says, slow down going into the curves. Good couple examples. You know, as preachers, we all have these areas where we need to grow. So we have not achieved preaching perfection, right? So I don't know why we pretend we have. So uh, it is okay to solicit feedback, to get feedback, to get it before the sermon, to solicit it after the sermon, and to get it from people who really know what they're talking about. So preachers, we encourage you, get your feedback today. It may hurt for a little bit, but in the end, you'll grow as a preacher and your people will be blessed. This is Matt Woodley on Monday Morning Preacher. Look forward to having you check in on our next episode. Our sister brand to PreachingToday.com, Church Law and Tax, is conducting a national church compensation survey, and they could use your help. By participating, you'll be publishing fair standards for pastors and church workers, and that'll give churches the opportunity to set fair standards for pay and benefits. 
They'll even give you a sweet reward for filling out the survey. So check it out at cltsurvey.com slash 2017.